You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. My name is Bruce Neeland, and I get to be your host. Today, we're excited to introduce to you two remarkable industry executives and an organization that they represent, which I'm prone to think most of you have never heard of, but it probably has the biggest impact on your pharmacy practice of any organization in the industry. Um, we'll find out more about that as we talk, first of all, with Bill Lockwood, Executive Director of the American Society for Automation in Pharmacy. And Bill and his organization have come up with what I think is one of the best acronyms in pharmacy, ASAP. Uh, Bill is joined today by his son, Will Lockwood, who is the Assistant Executive Director of the American Society for Automation and Pharmacy. And I think you're going to be surprised to find out how important this organization is to you in your daily practice. To get started, I'm going to ask Bill to take just a minute, give us a little background of who he is, how he got started in pharmacy, and then when he's done, we'll add We'll do the same, and then we'll jump into the content for today. So, Bill, who are you, and where did you come from? <laughs> uh, my background goes way back uh, in the pharmacy space. I was with a company that uh, developed and sold a uh, pharmacy system back in the 70s, and uh, I learned a lot about the inner workings of those systems and uh, left that company and came up with the idea of uh, starting a, a publication called Computer Talk for the Pharmacist. And uh, that brought all the industry people together. And uh, the, the, they, they decided that they needed representation in Washington. And uh, I uh, therefore formed a, uh, an, a, the organization that is now called the American Society for Automation and Pharmacy. That was formed in 1987, and uh, we represented all the um, uh, technology companies uh, in the pharmacy space and continue to do so. Uh, that's great. And uh, in a little bit, we'll talk about some of the remarkable things that ASAP has been responsible for. Will, your turn. Sure. Um, well, I joined ASAP and uh, came on board in, in about 2001. It was uh, just a, a, a step into um, this new world of, of pharmacy that I was learning about at the time um, and um, have been working on the on putting the programs together and various other aspects of the organization since then. 
Well, and it's been my pleasure to attend several ASAP meetings. I suspect the first one I went to would have been about 2005, 2006. And what, what blew me away is I'm a guy who'd been in the business for you know 35 years at that point, um, actually did a stint on my own trying to sell pharmacy computers in 1982, 1983. It was the most miserable failure I experienced in my life. But um, the point is I hadn't been familiar with the organization. And when I went to my first meeting, I, I was absolutely impressed. And again, we're talking you know, 15 years ago, the makeup of some of these companies was a, a little bit more entrepreneurially driven. It was the actual owners of the pharmacy technology companies who were there for the most part. And uh, it was fascinating to see how these owners who were uh, the fierce competitors uh, would get together at this meeting and address issues that were industry-wide. And uh, Bill, your ability to to bring these uh, competitors together and have them come up with standards and 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 procedures and policies that allow, and, and I know you've used the word in front of me a lot of times, interoperability, um, and how the, the pharmacy systems can connect with POS systems and robots and all that kind of stuff has just been a, a remarkable achievement. And, and that's the part that I have seen, I know when we chatted before, you wanted to share a little bit about what you think is one of the uh, most important things you're dealing with now, which is the opioid crisis. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and what ASAP's doing to help pharmacies manage that? Uh, definitely. Um, the ASAP um, really established uh, its niche in the uh, PDMP space, prescription drug monitoring space, uh, where we established uh, a standard uh, for reporting uh, to these uh, PDMPs. Back in 1995, uh, we got together with the folks at, in Massachusetts who wanted to get away from a paper system and move to an electronic reporting system. And we sat down with them and said, well, what do you want reported to you and they told us. And uh, I went back and uh, got together with the system vendors and we hammered out the first standard uh, back in 1995. Uh, and uh, since then, we have made a number of enhancements to the standard by involving the prescription drug monitoring programs in the process. Uh, I always make sure that we have good representation from the prescription drug monitoring programs and also uh, the system vendors and the drug chains. So there's a balance about between what the PDMPs want reported and what the system vendors and drug chains feel is practical to report. So over the course of the years, uh, we have uh, been able to enhance the standard and to just give you some idea of uh, some of the stuff that we've added to the standard, for example, uh, we had to add the, the microchip that vets put on animals, in animals, uh, to track that particular animal through the system. Uh, we had to increase the number of treatment type codes. Um, we had to increase field lengths to accommodate various requirements of the programs. 
the, the thing that the prescription drug monitoring programs want reported is not when the prescription was filled, but when it left the pharmacy. So you have a difference between the date it was filled and the date it was sold. So we had to add a data element that captured the date sold. In other words, prescription left the pharmacy. Right. Uh, so, you know, we, it, it just, uh, it's our niche. Uh, it is the national standard. It's recognized as the national standard by ONC, the Office of the National Coordinator. And uh, they are in the process of mapping the ASAP standard to the HL7 fire standard uh, for interoperability purposes. Uh, that's not really going to affect the ASAP uh, progress with the standard because we will still have total control over changes to the standard. But the importance here is that it is recognized as the national standard. And this is something that has been done in a cooperative fashion by committees, by ASAP for 25 years now, right? Yeah, ex exactly. For example, in the last update, the most current version of the standard is 4.2b. We had 17 prescription drug monitoring programs involved in the process. We had all the major pharmacy system vendors involved. We had the major national drug chains involved. So there is representation from all the stakeholders, uh, so to speak, in the pharmacy space and the evolution of the standard over the years. Um, this is... Uh this is not a project for wimps. Uh, I mean, I'm just imagining the the personalities, the politics, the technology involved in this uh, uh, makes me start thinking of the Apollo mission to the moon. It's uh, it's incredible what you've had to pull together and get people persuaded to follow. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, initially, you know, states would decide they're going to add a data element or they're going to add a code. And I would get on the telephone with these people and say, look, you can't do that. Otherwise, we don't have a national standard. And they would say, oh, we didn't realize that. And they would back off and reissue their specs. So uh, we've had tremendous cooperation uh, among the uh, prescription drug monitoring programs and adhering to the standard. They work within the scope of the standard. So there are you know, required fields that must be sent to the prescription drug monitoring program. And then there are optional and situational fields. The optional fields, they can decide whether or not they want to use those fields, uh, but they will not add any kind of new field or new code without going through the process to do so. Well, uh, uh, thank you for that. And and again, to the point I started with, that's something that every pharmacist deals with every day that just kind of happens. And um, and uh, this shows how ASAP has been effective in, in uh, streamlining their practice. Hey, let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. Hey, Pharmacy Crossroad listeners, this is Bruce Neeland, breaking in with a quick shout out to our major sponsor, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or better known as CPA. 
The people, programs, and services at CPA are dedicated to the success of independent community pharmacy, and their sponsorship of this program is one way they demonstrate that commitment. And I'm proud to share with you one more way they do that. Recently, I was delighted to read a press release from the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network, or CPESN, letting the industry know that CPA had just become the first national sponsor of the Flip the Pharmacy initiative. Wow, Pharmacy Crossroads is happy to share this news with you. You can learn more about the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance or CPA at compliantrx.com. Once again, that's compliantrx.com. Now back to our program. You mentioned the uh, the notion that uh, you know it wasn't the date the script was filled; it was the date it was picked up. That's going to lead me to this interface or this interoperability thing, which is where I had my first on hands experience working with ASAP. So uh, in order for that data to be collected, the pharmacy system's got to connect to the point of sale system, doesn't it? Well, uh, yes, that's that's true. Um, and uh, we got some pushback on that initially from the system vendors, uh, but uh, they came around and realized that, hey, this is what these people want. And so they had to adjust accordingly. I'd like to also mention that <clears throat> we worked with the state of Nebraska. Nebraska was the first state to require the reporting of all prescriptions to their health information exchange. And um, they came to ASAP and asked if they, if we could, they could work with us to uh, leverage the ASAP prescription drug monitoring program standard to report all prescriptions. And I, you know, convened a group and we hammered out what Nebraska would need that wasn't in the standard to report to the prescription drug monitoring programs. We added a couple of data elements and now that standard has a dual purpose. It's not only used to report to the prescription drug monitoring programs, but it can also be used to report all prescriptions to a state's health information exchange. And, and we, when you say all prescriptions, you mean all prescriptions, antibiotics, blood, everything. Blood, all everything. that stuff. Everything. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Nebraska is collecting all prescriptions dispensed by pharmacies in this country, in, in the state of Nebraska, I should say. Interesting. So um, what other standards or or industry leadership stuff has ASAP been involved in that affects the practicing pharmacist when he's running his running his practice? Well, the, the areas that we get involved in uh, really impact the system vendors and the drug chains with their own systems. Uh, you know, we've been involved with, as I mentioned earlier, ONC, DEA, uh, CMS, um, FDA, uh, anything that touches on the technology that's used in pharmacies, uh, ASAP gets invited to contribute. So uh, we, we're, we're the recognized uh, technology uh, specialist in the pharmacy space. And I, I think I've seen something specifically revolving around um, 
the Sudafed issue and medication therapy management. What, what would be involved in, in one or the other of those? Well, we did develop a standard for uh, reporting uh, pseudoephedrine. Uh, the, um, and I don't know, be, to be honest with you, how many states are using that standard, but it was developed for the purpose of tracking who was get, receiving these, these products. That was and, another, another you know, area that we got involved in. But again, I don't know where it stands in terms of usage. Well, as, as a consumer, I can tell you I've been affected by that when you <clears throat> hand, them, hand them your driver's license and, and, uh, and try to get the Sudafed, which I still say is uh, one of the great miracle drugs in my life. When I get my seasonal allergies, it's the, it's the one I go to to knock that out. So uh, I'm, I'm glad we've been able to keep that on the market. Hey, Will, uh, let me ask you to join in here and, and, and kind of put another perspective on, I mean, from, from your perspective working with ASAP, what's one or two of the things that you think the organization has done that, that helps pharmacists of all types that people wouldn't necessarily think about? Sure, Bruce. Um, I, you know, I think I think ASAP has provided the environment and the venue um, for technology vendors to come together in a strategic way. And, you know, certainly sure they have a lot of other opportunities for that. Um, you know, you can get on the phone, um, you can go out for a meeting with somebody and, and they all are going to be doing that. But, you know, I know from seeing the ASAP programs over the years and the meetings in particular from talking with members and different companies that that there's been a lot of um, what you kind of call offline interactions um, that, you know, happened um, during the conferences that happened because of the conferences and that have um, generated some significant um, um, strategic partnerships um, that have supported um, community pharmacy and and, and institutional pharmacy um, and all different kinds of pharmacy over the years. And um, you know, it's it's uh, it's the kind of stuff that it's even a little hard to keep track of because it's just it 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 it's these big projects where you're going to get um, a, a group of different companies, a group of different vendors working together um, with a strategic vision to support pharmacy operations and support clinical operations, and um, it all comes to fruition. And and you know, ASAP has played a role in that and providing that that. Um, that venue for the membership and that opportunity for them to to get together and talk through the plans and um, and make those make those partnerships. And you know, one thing that that I always note about um, about our conferences in particular is that these vendors are usually all together in the same conference center um, together multiple times a year. Um, but they're usually there with a focus on their users, um, on their customer base. And, um, and it can oftentimes be a different subset of those companies, more of a sales and marketing or support kind of group of people. While, um, we get an executive level, a strategic level, um, um, selection of, of attendees and um, they don't have a responsibility to be in an exhibit hall or to be connecting with users. They, their, their, their goal when they're at an ASAP conference is to connect with each other uh, and learn from our program, which is also something they don't get to do at, uh, at the other conferences. They're usually not in the educational programming because again, they're focused on that, on well, that uh, exhibit hall. Let's drill down on that a little bit. You've got a meeting coming up, uh, unfortunately, due to COVID. It's going to be a virtual one uh, coming up uh, uh, in July. What, what's the dates of that? 
Yeah, sure. So we will be hosting this virtual conference July 22nd and 23rd. Our conferences, whether they're in person or virtual, are really focused on on delivering a lot of content in a concentrated way. So we will have you know speakers um, you know, uh, the morning of Thursday, the 22nd, July 22nd, and the morning of Thursday, July 23rd. It would have been the same format for in person. We have speakers in the morning, um, and they typically have about a half an hour. Um, some a few few special speakers get 45 minutes because we know they can they can use the time but we keep it we keep it compact and concise and uh yeah so this one will be this one will be hosted online and and um you know people can and see all about the program we can talk more about it but they can see all about the program at asapnet.org um and there's details right on the home page and buttons to click through to register and everything like that well, and, you know, as a, as a person who's enjoyed being to some of your meetings in the past, at, at least speaking to the traditional format, which I hope we'll be able to return to by the uh, by early next year. I mean, what I what I do like is two or three of the things that you mentioned. Number one, this is appealing to the senior leaders of all of these technology companies. And we're talking, you know, the the robot companies, the pill companies, the POS companies, the pharmacy management system companies, and then the whole whole boatload of uh, SaaS or software as a service people who are, you know, who've emerged on the scene over the last number of years where all of this stuff needs to work together. And what, what has always impressed me about your meetings is how you present content in that rapid fire fashion, I, I think Bill, you said if you don't like it, wait 30 minutes and you'll get something that is you do like. You know, it's it's a wide variety of speakers, and and it brings people together so that they meet face to face and they get to know each other. Um, it's carefully coordinated so that all the antitrust stuff is is pr- protected. They are you know they're not collaborating on those kinds of things, but they're focusing on the standards and the technology and the interoperability issues that are important to keeping a pharmacy running smoothly. And it's a, it's a remarkable organization. Um, uh, I mean, uh, Bill, it, it was started in 1987, I think you said. Yes. Um, it's mission. Do you, ha- do you have a, a, a mission statement that you like to postulate? Uh, we really do not have a mission statement uh, per se, but uh I think, you know, if you look at what ASAP does in the way of developing standards and then holding these conferences, we hold two a year, uh, one in the uh, June, July, and the other is January. Uh, and we bring the industry together at these uh, conferences. And that, that's that's one of the, those those conferences are really the, the highlight, uh, high, the highlight of the membership benefit. Uh, and the, the the companies really enjoy getting together uh, at these conferences, and we provide ample free time for them to do their own networking, business meetings, whatever. Uh, but uh, the, the, the conferences are also held at very nice locations. Uh, we pick, pick venues that uh, the uh, industry people don't normally get to go to, uh, for example, the Breakers in Palm Beach, the Ritz-Carlton, Amelia Island, uh, the Sanctuary, Kiowa Island. Uh, these are, you know, just an example of the locations that we 
host these meetings at, these conferences, I should say. So we've chatted about the quote unquote big shot executives, but I've also been uh, pleased that there are practicing pharmacists who often attend these meetings. Um, yes, occasionally we'll, you know, we'll see uh, pharmacy owners, uh, you know, attend the conferences. Yes. And uh, does somebody need to be an actual uh, subscribing member to come to the meeting or is it open to anybody who wants to come? It's open to anybody who wants to come. And uh, with it being virtual, it would be uh, terribly inexpensive to participate this year, right? The hotel and travel are uh, <laughs> not not a complication, huh? Exactly. Um, so you've seen a lot of things change in the industry in the last five years. Um, you know, when 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 I first came to my meeting, it was the the owners, the founders of many of the technology companies who were there. Um, many of them have uh, passed on to professional management now. How has that uh, impacted the organization? Uh, has to have made it a little bit harder, but uh, talk a little bit about the changes you're seeing in the industry and where you think we're going. Well, one of the one of the changes that uh, we've witnessed over the years is the consolidation that has taken place in the market uh, where uh, companies have uh, been merged. And uh, so, it, you know, it, it reduces the um, number of people who can really attend our conferences uh, through the mergers that have taken place. Uh, but then again, we have these companies that come up into the space that provide add-on value to the pharmacy systems through the interfaces. Uh, and uh, we get quite a few of those people to attend because they'd like to have the opportunity to talk to, meet with the uh, people who they want to see their product interfaced with. Right. Um, and you know that's where, where I got introduced was uh you know was trying to manage that process of how do you get the attention of the of the pharmacy system vendors and and get them to agree to to create an interface which is uh which is a task that I don't think the typical practicing pharmacist understands or appreciates the uh the kind of work that that takes the demand on uh a programmer's time the demands on uh, uh, senior management's time, the strategic <clears throat> implications of that, that, um, you know, the, if, if I'm a big pharmacy system vendor and some guy's invented something in his garage and wants me to work with him, uh, I mean, there's a venting process that needs to go through to make that happen, isn't there? Yeah. Um, the big advantage is that um, a company can send a representative to an ASAP conference and that person has the opportunity to uh, interface with a number of different companies that they would like to interface with. And that saves them a lot of time and money because they don't have to travel around and meet with these companies individually. And uh, that is one of the big, big pluses uh, of the ASAP conferences. In, yeah. addition to, in addition to the, the quality of the speaker programs that Will puts together and, and the locations that we select. 
Well, and and with that as a as a prompt, Will, can you give us a a couple names of of some of the program speakers that you've got for the meeting in July? You, do you have that at your fingertips? Yeah, absolutely. We've got some really great stuff on the program, as always, I think. And, you know, we have we have some some representation from some of the key um, pharmacy associations, both present and former executive level there. We've got Chad Wartz from ASCP coming um, to speak on um, a project they're doing on psychoactive medication management in older adults. Um, Tom Minigan, um, most recently of uh, the American Pharmacists Association, will be there with his kind of prognostications on where pharmacy uh, in pharmacy technology are heading. And, you know, that's a tremendous amount of experience Tom brings um, to a topic like that. Um, we've got Troy Trigstad, who is the, um, you know, moving force, one of the main moving forces behind CPESN, um, which is one of the, you know, a, a, a major um, uh, uh, new organization focused on community and independent pharmacy, uh, talking about value-based contracting and the uh, infrastructure that pharmacies need for that. Um, and then we bring in some uh, really excellent voices from the technology vendors themselves. We will have um, a representative um, from an exec, you know, a C-level representative from Tabula Rasa Healthcare, which is a, a, a very interesting company um, founded um, by a gentleman named Calvin Knowlton. And uh, they're all about precision medication and pharmacogenetics and really cutting edge stuff. And um, Brian, Brian Litton from uh, Tabula Rasa Healthcare will be there uh, with some insight into those uh, areas and what else is good. Um, oh, we have a, we have a really nice stable of, um, of industry experts, um, from the academic and consulting worlds who we bring in on a variety of topics. Um, Brent Fox from Auburn university, Marsha Milanig from catalyst consulting. And we um, always have someone from pharmacy healthcare, uh, solutions in Pittsburgh on, uh, the program. And we'll have uh, Ann Johnson, their president, um, will be on, uh, on the program talking about 340 B market market dynamics. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the one other thing I want to make sure I mentioned, particularly in light of the um, conversation about PDMPs and, and Nebraska in particular um, that you and Bill had earlier is we will in fact have um, Kevin Borscher from um, Sync Health, um, who is uh, 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 plays a central role in Nebraska's all prescription reporting program, um, coming to speak about how the ASAP PDMP standards um, and, and all prescription reporting work and what Nebraska Nebraska's learnings have been from that experience um, and, and where, you know, people may be expecting that to go. So these are all the kinds of topics that when the, you know, executive level folks from, from pharmacies, from pharmacy technology vendors come and see the presentations. And, and in fact, a lot of times bring along some of their technical people as well, um, programmers and sort of yeah. senior level product owners, you know, they get a really high level overview of, um, of, um, uh, uh, things that should be on their agenda, um, things to prioritize, um, what they may need to be thinking about next, you know, conversations they may want to be having with their, with their key partners, et cetera. Well, and, and, you know, to that point, it's, uh, it's real easy to, when you're so busy running a company to be focused on the stuff that's hitting you in the face and your objectives and, and, you know, the, the program outline and the, the things we've talked about, you, you really do allow a person to get a peripheral vision of the industry and, and get exposed to some aspect of something that, uh, 
it may have, may affect him that they wouldn't have thought about otherwise. And um, you know, I'm, I'm particularly intrigued with the the tabula rasa uh, initiatives that uh, you know I know that they're working on with precision medication medic, medication and and managing that and their drug safety uh, profiles and those kinds of things that that uh, really opened my mind to some problems and opportunities for pharmacy that that I uh, that I hadn't noticed in in my own little world. So uh, it sounds like a great program. Um, I, I, we're, we're coming down to the last few minutes of this. And, and uh, I always like to say, Hey, um, take just a minute and tell us something that you think is important about ASAP that, that I hadn't been smart enough to ask about or any parting shots you have about how or why somebody might want to, uh, to, uh, uh, plug into and become more involved in, in the organization and maybe even participate on a committee or a task force group? Well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll address that, Bruce. Um, <clears throat> the, um, the ASAP board, board of directors, uh, is a nice opportunity for members to really take an active role in the organization. The ASAP board is comprised of seven people. Uh, we have four from the, uh, from the tech system vendor side what you know and then we have a representation from the chain drug segment institutional segment and independent pharmacy segment on the board so that we have a nice cross-section of input uh to the process of what should be on the agenda for the organization as we move forward that's a nice opportunity i, I always tell uh, people, when I encourage them to run for the board, that it's going to be a very, very uh, good learning experience for them. And generally speaking, that's what they tell me when they are you know, on the board and after they leave the board, that it was a wonderful experience. And I, I gather they they connect with each other in tele telephone calls quite often as they're working on projects, huh? Well, yeah, we, we you know, we'll have uh, uh, board meetings via uh, uh, conference calls uh, during the year, if necessary. I, I don't want to burden these people with a lot of time on the telephone um, if it's not necessary. So when something comes up that I feel is important for the board to provide input to, then I will call for a conference call. Great. Uh, will, any final thought from you? Yeah, I think I think that um, the the programming at the conferences and the the, the evolving membership um, really demonstrates um, the need to keep an eye on what's happening next with pharmacy technology. That um, the group of members, the membership that was you know dynamic and, and bringing new products into the market is very different now than it was uh, than it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago. Um, you'll see a significantly different group of of people coming in and saying, "Hey, we have new ideas. We've got new tools for pharmacy." and we're going to connect them together with your existing tools and create new efficiencies and, and new opportunities. So I think that's, you know, that there's there's always something new and there's always somebody new in the market. And this is a really great way to, to keep your eye on that and have an opportunity to, to meet them and to learn from them. And the website for ASAP again is what? 
It's uh, asapnet.org. So that's A-S-A-P-N-E-T dot O-R-G. And that's got all of the details on our publications that Bill talked about earlier, all of the details on our conferences. Um, you can view some samples of presentations, video presentations of previous conferences, uh, register, learn all about the program, et cetera. Well, great. And uh, again, uh, that that will bring us to a close for this edition of Pharmacy Crossroads. My uh, sincere thanks to both Bill and Will Lockwood with American Society for Automation and Pharmacy, or the cute little acronym ASAP. Uh, thanks, Bill. Thanks, Will. And to my listeners, uh, thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. I hope you learned something that will help you do more and be better. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you. With more than 2,000 member pharmacies in 45 states, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or CPA, is America's premier group purchasing and pharmacy management organization. If you are looking for new, more, or better ways to run a profitable pharmacy, then you might want to talk with someone at CPA. Find out more at compliantrx.com, or better yet, send an email to sales at compliantrx.com. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.